0: now here is the top news stories of the day with larry hardesty
1: lot of college football let's begin with the ivy league that has announced there will be no fall sports competition this year but has not made any decisions yet of potentially moving football to the spring robin harris executive director of the ivy league appeared on golic and wingo where he explained the decision to not to have fall sports As
2: devastated as we are for our student-athletes and our coaches, it it became apparent as campus policies for students generally and for the campuses were finalized in the past several weeks that it was not going to be possible to have athletic competition this fall because the policies across the campuses, and they vary from campus to campus, but generally speaking, there are travel restrictions for faculty, staff, and students. There's limits on who can visit campuses who can um, enter campus buildings. There are social distancing requirements, limits on the sizes of groups that can gather. Several of our campuses right now have limits of 25 as the size of groups. And then we have a number of campuses who have limit significantly limited the number of students who are able to come back and be in residence on campus due to dormitory limitations and social distancing needs.
1: Interesting. Now, the ACC's decision, which follows a similar move by the Patriot League, will impact several sports, including soccer and field hockey, but not football. It marks the first such decision by a Power Five conference. The Patriot League pushed this start back until September 4th. As you just heard, the Ivy League announced the cancellation of all sport, fall sports on Wednesday. The ACC's football schedule, though, set to begin September 2nd when NC State visits Louisville. Then there's the Big Ten. They decided that a conference-only season for all fall sports, including football, is the most likely outcome, according to our Heather Dinich and Mark Slayback. Now, if college football can be played this fall, Big Ten presidents and ADs prefer playing a conference-only schedule. Why? Very simple, because it would eliminate some long-distance travel and help ensure that their teams are being tested for COVID-19. Then there's Notre Dame AD Jack Swarbrick who says he thinks it's less likely the college football season starts on time. He cites a growing concern over the coronavirus pandemic. Quoting Jack, it has grown more pessimistic over the past two weeks, but I'm not to a point to say we shouldn't continue to plan for the potential to open on time. The mouth of the South, Paul Feinbaum, was on Get Up this morning, and he says, you know what, this college football season, slipping away.
3: It is a dreadful indicator for college football, Greeny, and I think what you heard Sankey say there a minute ago was fascinating. I mean, he's talking about reality now, and I think it's about time that commissioners and athletic directors and football coaches start dealing with the reality, and the reality is that the college football season is slipping away. Uh, they can hold on hope, but if you look at what is going on in the country, uh, it is dreadful news, and yesterday with not only the Ivy League story, but the story at, at Ohio State and North Carolina shutting down uh, practice, at least temporarily. It was the worst day college athletics has had since uh, that March day when the whole world shut down. And, and I don't really see it getting any better. All
1: right, Paul. So will there be college football in the spring?
3: Yes. Uh, and, and I think if, I think it would be easier because uh, not to sound like Dr. Fauci, but by then there may be a vaccine. Therapeutics will be better And uh, and I think the country will be farther along. Right. Right. Now, what happened yesterday sent a tsunami across this country from a college football standpoint may not be an inflection point, but it is the biggest story in sports. And that's saying a great deal.
1: Interesting. Julian Edelman, who is Jewish, invited Sean Jackson to the Holocaust Museum in Washington, D.C. after the Eagles receiver's anti-Semitic social media post. This is quoting Edelman. I have nothing but respect for his game. I know he said some ugly things, but I do see an opportunity to have a conversation. Edelman continued on Instagram.
0: Even though we're talking about anti-Semitism, I don't want to distract from how important the Black Lives Matter movement is and how we need to stay behind it. I think the black and Jewish communities have a lot of similarities. One unfortunate similarity is that they are both attacked by the ignorant and the hateful. It's really hard to see the challenges a community can face when you're not part of it. So what we need to do is, we need to listen, we need to learn, we need to act. We need to have those uncomfortable conversations if we're gonna have real change. So to that end, Deshaun, let's do a deal. How about we go to DC and I take you to the Holocaust Museum and then you take me to the Museum of African American History and Culture. Afterwards, we grab some burgers and we have those uncomfortable conversations.
1: That's how it gets done. That's how you learn how the other person lives That's how you get to set the record straight. That's how you understand people's differences and their experiences and how their experiences has shaped their thought process. So I applaud Julian Edelman for having that conversation with Deshaun Jackson. And more of us need to have those type conversations. Are they going to be easy to have? Usually, no. But if you want to learn and understand and have a different perspective of how other people live, that's what you do. You sit down, you talk to them, and you have that conversation. That's a good move. To the baseball. Major League Baseball Umpires Association says, recent public comments do not reflect its stance regarding the coronavirus pandemic. The union, which did not mention Joe West by name, issued a statement after the veteran umpire disputed the number of deaths over 130,000 in the u.s caused by the virus quoting joe west those statistics aren't accurate i don't care who's counting them that's what he told usa today sports as far as the players are concerned buster only was on goal and wango and he updated the guys on who will play won't play or don't know whether they'll play
4: I think what happened with Freddie Freeman over the weekend was really, uh, you know, that was telling where, you know, Freddie Freeman is is, as respected a player as there is in baseball. And so when word, you know, filtered out that not only had he tested positive, but he was sick. And he had a spike in temperature. And Nick Marcakis, his teammate, you know, as tough a player as there is in baseball, called him. And after that conversation and hearing how Freddie wasn't doing well, Nick Marcakis decides to to walk away. I I think that the two players that people are watching in the game right now are Trout, and it wouldn't shock me if he were to walk away for at least a period of time because his wife Jessica is due to have uh, their first child in early August. And Buster Posey is someone we're all watching. Uh, the Giants catcher, he's left the team for what has been de- determined uh, or been uh, said by Gabe Kapler, their manager, to be personal reasons. We heard Buster last week talk about you know being concerned, and the Giants are the one of the teams that have had these issues with the testing. And I let's face it, if Buster Posey walks away, it might make it more likely that other players will as well.
1: All right, Buster, let's try to figure this out. Are you sure the season is even going to start on time?
4: The way that I spend my days is to call around to different teams, say, "How's it going for you guys?" Uh, and at this point, I would put it at to start the season, which would start two weeks from today. I'd put it at around thirty to forty percent, and to get through the season, I still think zero percent. Uh, just it, it, it's it's interesting because clearly there are teams that have had real issues and canceled workouts. The Nationals. The Giants, the Athletics, uh, most of the teams I talk to are saying, you know what? It's going pretty well. Like the testing results are coming back. We're getting our work in. Things are going okay. Uh, The ones that uh, get the most attention, of course, are the teams that are having the issues.
1: Absolutely. And that's the way it's going to be. So hopefully they'll be able to get this going. But you really, I think you really will have the determination as teams start to have their preseason, their exhibition games, and they start traveling, that travel and how that's handled is going to be the way that's going to determine how comfortable the players are in the major leagues with this setup of health and and making sure they're healthy and going through all the tests, their their temperature and all these other situations and how it works, uh, hotel rooms, all this stuff. When they travel during exhibition time, that's going to be the key. More coronavirus news in the NBA. This sounds like a soap opera. In the NBA is bubble watch. Well... Our Malika Andrews was on First Take Your Take, and she shared her experiences of quarantining inside the NBA bubble in Orlando.
5: We went through a preliminary quarantine at a hotel just outside of where we are now, which is actually physically in the bubble. And so during those three days, we were tested for coronavirus every single day. And that's the only time we really left our room was to go get tested and to get food in the lobby. And the test is just one swab up one nostril, one swab up the other nostril, and a third swab down the throat. And now that we're officially in the bubble, we had to complete a, a, a total of a week long quarantine where again, we were literally not allowed to leave our room um, except to go get tested, which is in a ballroom that's in the hotel. Meals were brought to our door every morning at 8 a.m., every afternoon at noon, and every evening at 6 p.m. And that's all it was until we cleared that seven negative COVID tests that we had to go through. And now that players started to arrive on Tuesday and continue to arrive yesterday and today, they are having to go through a 48-hour quarantine that is essentially exactly like what we went through, where they are tested every day. Um, their testers actually go up to their rooms to do their swabs, um, and they have to register two negative tests before they're cleared to start practicing.
1: I can see somebody in the NBA, one of the players, just running out. Ah! let me out of here let me out of here wow that's crazy all your meals delivered to the room at specific times and they know you're going to be there (laughs) because you're not supposed to leave and of course that would be a little different with the players because once they have their games and whatnot so they'll adjust accordingly but wow that is the ultimate quarantine and that's top stories thank you nikki joel and Kyrie.